0: Welcome to the Skin Series. I'm Danika. And I'm Hayley. And we're here to chat
1: all things skin. As clinical naturopaths and corneotherapists, we want to share our knowledge and passion for helping people heal their skin conditions in a holistic way.
0: Join us for a deep dive into debunking beauty myths, how your gut, hormones diet and lifestyle factors influence your skin and our unique
1: philosophy on how to care for your skin topically as always this advice is general and not designed to diagnose or treat any conditions please consult your healthcare practitioner before beginning any treatments okay let's get started hello and welcome to episode 5 so today we will be talking about acne Firstly, though, we would love to thank everyone for their support for our first few episodes. It's been out in the world for 10 days now, and the support we've received has been so nice. I feel like you guys are loving the content so far.
0: Yeah, and it's cool because we've checked our stats and we've we've reached six different countries. So pe- even people in Finland have listened to us. So shout out to those in Indonesia, Malaysia, Finland and the US. Yes, thank you for listening.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, we're just so excited to be able to start creating this community and building it up even more and more. And we'd love to hear from our listeners as well. So if you guys have any topics that you want spoken about or guests that you would like interviewed send us through an email um, we'll put our email address in the um, show description so we can hear from you which would be really nice yes um, so firstly before we jump into acne how have you been lately house do you have any recommendations for the week for us
0: yeah, I've been really good. We've been having, again, some beautiful weather in Sydney. So lots of beach times and getting outdoors as much as possible. Um, I've been doing fitness training the last four weeks. So I have a um, personal trainer who's been taking me. So that's been really great. Um, it's kind of focusing on strength and cardio. So it's nice to feel my body getting stronger. Um, so, yeah, he's awesome. I don't know if you've heard of him, Danica. <laughs>
1: he's my fiance oh, oh yeah that's
0: right <laughs> for sure fitness check him out check him out shout out to maddie we
1: love you <laughs> how about you Danica? Uh, um yeah i've been really good so the weekend was really nice it was actually me and matt's 11 year anniversary on oh, saturday <laughs> congratulations 11 years um and one year engaged so we got engaged on yeah, 10 year anniversary. There's no wedding plans. Yet you're engaged too. Do you have any wedding plans? No. <laughs> no I did, but then um, <laughs> we 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 scrapped them because yeah, things are
0: things are a little bit tricky at the moment because we want to yeah. get married back in WA. So, yeah. um we I think we're just going to do some maybe something small over here. Um so hmm. yeah, yeah, it's just It's a bit of
1: a wild time to be planning a wedding, so we've kind of put that on the back burner for now, but yeah. Yeah, um, and oh, what did I do? Sunday, I read an entire book wow. back to front. I don't, wow. think, I don't think I've don't think i ever done that before. How many pages? A lot. Not a picture book. Not a picture <laughs> book. <laughs> um, no, it was called The Wild Woman's Way by Michaela Boehm. Okay. So she's a counsellor and like an intimacy relationship um, expert. Okay. So it was just a beautiful, because I'm doing like my feminine course at the moment, which I spoke about a little while ago. And it's just, yeah, a beautiful book about like embodying the feminine, kind of getting more connected with your self and your emotions. Um, and she has like a lot of kind of rituals in there, which are really interesting. And one of them is this thing that she's created. It's called Nonlinear Movement Method. And basically what it is is... Every day putting on a song and moving in whatever way that your emotions are feeling. So, mm. if you're feeling angry, you might be moving in a really static different way. If you're feeling really happy, it might be in a different way. And it's just kind of learning how to express, yeah, emotions through movement. And oh. I was doing some more reading on that. And there's so much literature about how movement can be a form of treatment for, you know, depression and anxiety. And I found like that is just. I dance, like, every day anyway, but now I know that I'm, like, doing it. It's, like, (laughs) helping me mentally, too.
0: (laughs) I love that. I love that. And, you know, um, our emotions are energy in motion. So... Um, movement can really help release and shift these emotions before they become trapped in the body mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you know getting outside and exercising but you know if you don't want to do that just doing a five minute dance in your living room just to express whatever you need to express and I definitely feel that I, you know I did um, ballet for 11 years and did you know um, jazz and tap and you know hip-hop and t- contemporary dance and I really felt like for me that was a way for me to express my emotions as well so yeah
1: I think that's beautiful mm. I, I think that. even if you're not a dancer no. just just <laughs> you don't have to be your arms around <laughs> and just moving you can I feel like even doing it you can feel straight away a bit of a I don't know a bit of a shake up of like yep. emotions, so yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. Get grooving in moving the morning, moving those <laughs> emotions through the body before they become
0: become stuck. Because mm. when emotions become trapped and stuck stuck in the body, then that can result in negative physical manifestations. And it's definitely um, we're going to get someone on the podcast to talk a lot about that in the future and how that mm. manifests at, in as skin conditions as well. So mm. I love that. So interesting. Great recommendation. I'm going to read that book too. Yeah.
1: Okay, so let's get started on today's topic. So, acne is something I have personally dealt with for a very long time. So, story time going back to when I was probably 13 or 14, hitting puberty, my acne started straight away. So, I mainly got it around my temples and a lot on my back and even on my chest as well. on my chin a little bit as well, but mainly in those areas. On my forehead too, actually. It may be everywhere. <laughs> Thinking back. Um, so that started then and it, you know, I tried, you know, benzoyl peroxide. Um, what's that brand? Um, Proactive. Yep. Um, a lot of topical stuff pretty much jumped between different skincares. I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't know why I was getting acne. Um, I had a pretty good diet. I was really active. Um, so I wasn't sure if it was diet related, just didn't know what was going on and didn't really, you know, have anyone to kind of, I guess, didn't have a skin therapist or a naturopath or anyone to talk to about it. Mm -hmm. So I was about 17, went to the doctors, obviously complained about my acne. And then as many of you probably experienced, he told me to go on the pill. Mm -hmm. So I went on the pill. Um, because I didn't know anything about the pill. All he said was, this will clear up your acne. And I was like, fantastic, as if I wouldn't do it. So mm. went on the pill. It definitely did clear up my acne. Um, I was on the pill for probably eight years, eight, nine years. And in that time, I didn't really think about my skin much because the acne was all gone. And then I decided to come off the pill. So how l- old
0: were you when you came off the pill?
1: So that was in our final year of uni. Yes. So maybe 20... 20- 26, yep, yeah, um, 25, 26, yeah. I don't know why I chose the most stressful time in my entire life to come off the pill, um, but now not go looking back, I can now see how much stress obviously impacts your skin. So came off the pill, as many people w- would experience the first four months. You're like, oh my gosh, my skin's fine. I'm not going to get post pill acne, and then all of a sudden, boom, it goes crazy. And then adding in the stress from uni, adding in that I was not eating properly. That was it was just crazy, crazy hours we were working and it was just mental. My skin went haywire um, and I wasn't on good skincare either at that moment. And actually that was when I started to see the um, corneotherapist where Hayley was working. And I did get on dermavigils and I started to do treatments, but I feel like it had almost got to not a point of no return, but you remember it. It was pretty bad. Yeah, (laughs) I think you, it's sometimes trying
0: to come in at a time when a lot of the fire had been building. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah,
1: And I think that's also made me realize how important it is to do the prep work and to be on the good skincare and to be making sure that you've got all the nutrients supporting your body for those processes before you come off. Yeah. Anyway, so um, I decided to go back on the pill because I was like, I can't handle this. It was my first year of um, consulting as well. And I was like, I'm going to get back on the pill. So I was back on the pill for another year and then I did a whole bunch of prep. So I prepped myself for three months before coming off. I'd been on Dermavigils, which is the skincare brand we work with, um, for probably a year and a half. Yep. Um, and I came off and their transition was so much smoother. I, you know, made sure I managed my stress and my gut health. Yeah, I definitely got a bit of acne, but nowhere near what I did before. So this just, I was like my own guinea pig (laughs) showing the experience between not preparing and being in a super, super stressful environment to preparing, supporting your body, controlling your stress, how different those two experiences were. Same body, same person, two completely different experiences. Mm. So that's, yeah, that's why I got so interested in treating especially like post-pill acne because I've had this experience and I know how beneficial having the right skincare and doing all the internal stuff really is so yeah that's kind of my personal story how yeah acne has affected me and why I've loved treating it now so um, yeah that's Great. That's, that's, that's and she has beautiful clear
0: skin now. <laughs> Not every
1: day because we're all human. Yeah. But it's it's worlds, worlds, worlds different to what it was. And, and it's a lot healthier now. So even though yeah. I still get the you know, the occasional breakout, it's overall, like the health of my skin is completely different to what it was yeah
0: Yeah. and you know it's it's treating acne without having to compromise the overall health of your skin as well yeah which i think is really um a point of difference in, in how we treat too um and it's always great to have our own personal stories with skin because it makes us better practitioners in, in treating and in treating that condition as well yeah. so um yeah thanks so much for sharing that story <laughs> it's
1: okay it's that <laughs> and you know it's, it's really not
0: done. to say if you're out there and you're, you've just come off the pill you know it's a lost cause it's or a anything. lost cause it's there's yeah. still lots of things we can do to assist but it's about you know that education you know of when you come off the pill that androgen surge that happens increases the oil production there's things that we can do naturopathically to really help um support your sex hormones during that time as well yeah um and i think for you it sounds hormonal because as soon as you went on the pill your acne cleared yeah if you go on the pill and your acne doesn't clear it's the hormonal um the main driving factor isn't necessarily hormonal it could be gut orientated and we do have clients that that say i went on the pill and my acne still um was worse than ever. So it's like, all right, we need to look at other avenues. But mm-hmm. if it is it a hormonal driving factor and you go on the pill and it clears, then that gives you some indication as to what type of um, driving factor is influencing your skin.
1: Yeah, for sure. We're going to do another episode on internal drivers of acne. So we'll go into hormones, we'll go into stress and gut health. Um, today, though, we're just going to be focusing on the external drivers. So, what is actually happening? on your skin that can cause acne. So first up, Danika, do you want to talk about what exactly acne is? Yes, let's jump in. So acne is a skin condition characterized by a blockage and infection in the hair follicle. So we have hair follicles all over our skin. It's what our hair comes out of. And normally these follicles are open, which means that there is oxygen circulating through the follicle. So this oxygen flow is super important because it prevents something called C acne bacteria from overgrowing. Now this bacteria is normally found on everyone's skin regardless of whether you have acne or not and it doesn't cause any issues when it's in small amounts but we start to see acne when it overgrows. So the first step in creating acne is this follicle gets blocked So the oxygen flow is reduced, which means that C. acne bacteria can then multiply and grow. So when there are high concentrations of this bacteria in one area, this signals to the body that there is an infection and the body responds with inflammation. So this is when you notice the first signs of a pimple. You start to see a bit of redness, a bit of pain. You can feel it under your skin. So sometimes this inflammation will be enough to... Clear up the infection. If it's not, then your body will send white blood cells to the area to clean everything up. So what they are called are phagocytic cells, and they engulf and destroy the c acne bacteria. So when this happens, the breakout will form into either a whitehead or a cyst, depending on the level of infection. So the immune's the sorry the body's immune system um and lymphatic system will work over the next few days to weeks depending on the severity and they will reduce the bacteria and clear out the breakout. And that is the life cycle chain of events of how you get acne.
0: Mm, I love that
1: explanation.
0: Our skin is so clever. It's Just so the, clever. The immune and the lymphatic system working together to help us out. Oh, I love it. I know. So externally there are four main events that contribute to this blockage and I'm going to be talking through the first two. So one, an impaired acid mantle, and two, excess oil production. So a healthy skin should have a slightly acidic pH of 5.5. The acidity helps to keep pathogenic bacteria and fungi at bay. So some skincare products and treatments can actually disturb this pH and dissolve some of those healthy fats that line the surface of our skin. So whenever I'm looking at acne, I'm thinking they've got an impaired acid mantle. And I think there's this common misconception that you need to go hardcore at acne, you need to strip it, you need to peel it, you need to squeeze it, you need to wash it away. And what we really need to do is actually nurture the skin and bring it back into health in a gentle, supportive way. So an impaired acid mantle would will mean redness and inflammation in color. So that's kind of the first sign. And a healthy pH means your skin is uninhabitable to many harmful microorganisms and stops the C. acne bacteria from overpopulating. So this pH is really, really important in protecting our skin. So C. acne's job, it actually has a job to do. So it's not just there to cause havoc in your skin. (laughs) He's not all bad. Um, So his job is to convert triglycerides into free fatty acids and glycerol. So these free fatty acids are responsible for the acidity of our skin's pH, which is quite cool. But too many free fatty acids, unfortunately, can be pro-inflammatory and cognogenic. So it's really about finding that balance. So for some people that naturally have an oily skin type, they produce too many free fatty acids, which can lead to things like acne. If there is an impaired acid mantle, it means there can be a deficiency in food for this C. acne bacteria. So then what happens, it goes and hunts its next food source, which is something called triglycerides, and it can get down deeper in the sebaceous glands. So C. acne bacteria then continues its job deeper down in the skin, converting triglycerides into free fatty acids. But when it's in the sebaceous unit, This is recognized as a foreign invader and this causes inflammation as a result. So, your skin cells, skin's essentially going, What is this bacteria doing down here? And what are these free fatty acids doing down here? Let's mount an inflammatory response. So, C acne releases a chemical messenger to attract white blood cells to the area which Danica spoke about before. And our white blood cells, remember, are our immune cells. So white blood cells release an enzyme which then breaks down the cell wall and contributes to inflammation. So this is where it can become quite destructive when we start to see things like cystic acne which can be also really painful. However, if your skin is more lipid dry, so you're on the drier side, then an over- production of free fatty acid is definitely not your problem so your
1: problem is and i'll let danika explain that (laughs) (laughs) which i will in one second but just to mention about the c acne it used to be called p acne bacteria so if you're hearing this and being like wait it's meant to be p acne they've actually recently changed it to. Yeah, (laughs) and we are
0: staying up to date with our scientific
1: information. (laughs) Um, So the second two causes of acne, mainly for lipid dry types, is hyperkeratinization and comedogenic or um, harmful skincare. So hyperkeratinization. Essentially what this means is that there is an excess of keratinocytes, which are our skin cells, that cause a blockage in the follicle. So this is caused when our skin doesn't desquamate properly. So that's a word we use in corneotherapy to describe the process of our skin's natural exfoliation. So our skin is pretty cool. It does have a natural exfoliation cycle, um, which it goes through very regularly. So we have these little enzymes that sit on our skin and they're called stratum corneum chymotryptic enzymes. Wow, that's a mouthful. SCCEs, we'll just call them. SCCEs. I can't even C's. C's? No, but then it's confusing. What do you mean? I was trying to SCCEs, like to say it as like a anagram. <laughs> um So these enzymes only work in a hydrated skin. So for skin to be hydrated, we need to have a super strong skin barrier to lock water in. So what these um, enzymes do is they go along and they eat up the glue that holds the last layer of skin cells together so they can naturally fall off the skin when they're ready, which is really cool. Um, So if your skin's not hydrated, then yeah, these these just don't work properly. So the things that can damage your skin barrier and cause your skin to be dehydrated are over-exfoliation, using harsh acids, using toxic skincare or chemical peels, or using really hot water on your face or being exposed to aircon or heating for too long. So all of these can um, yeah, damage your skin barrier, which leaves uh, it more permeable. So it, it makes the water, the oil disperse and that can cause water to evaporate and leave our skin dehydrated. So then these enzymes don't work properly and we get a buildup of keratinocytes, which can then fall into the follicles mixed with oil and cause a blockage Mm, and i think
0: that's really really important because when people are coming in and they're like i don't know why i'm getting acne because my skin's really dry and then i'm always thinking okay what's happening to your little enzymes and you don't have enough water in your skin Mm -hmm. for that natural desquamation process so Mm -hmm. it's really interesting point
1: yeah yeah and yeah, the fact that not all, I think we'll touch on this later, but not all skin, um, not all acne comes from oily skin. So yeah. this is the opposite. Yeah. yeah. So the fourth cause is using harmful skincare or comedogenic, um skincare. So we've done an episode, episode three, um, where we go into detail about the harmful skincare ingredients that there are. Uh, harmful ingredients will be contributing to acne by either interfering with the pH and the acid mantle, like Haley spoke about, or by damaging the skin barrier, causing more water loss, dehydrating your skin, and preventing it from naturally exfoliating. So we also don't want to be using comedogenic ingredients. So these are not necessarily harmful to the skin, but for people who are acne-prone, they can cause more blockages in follicles, especially I'd say this is more when you've got an an oily skin type. Mm. Um, Cometogenic products will cause that blockage to increase further. So the most common comedogenic ingredients to look out for uh, coconut oil. I feel like there was a phase where like mm. it was everyone's putting coconut oil on their lathering face. their bodies and yeah. their hair and their all, all the things. <laughs> Just cook with it. Just <laughs> cook with it. Yes, yes. Um, avocado oil, cocoa butter, linseed oil, oleic acid, and sodium laurel sulfate. So they are the main ones. If you do have acne-prone skin and you see these on your skincare products. I would probably maybe choose something else because they could be contributing.
0: Yeah, and interesting, coconut oil can sometimes feed yeast. So if you're someone with fungal acne, you can actually be making it worse if you're popping coconut oil on your skin. And we'll be discussing in the next episode fungal acne. Mm
1: -hmm, Yeah, and we'll be going through all the different types of acne in our next episode as well. So busting some myths. Busting some myths, which we love to do. We love to bust some myths. (laughs) So I think that's all for today and we will catch you in the next episode. And remember, healthy skin is skin always in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head over to our Facebook page, The Skin Series, or follow us on Instagram at The skin
0: Series underscore pod to join the community or ask us any questions. We would love to hear from
1: you. See you in the next episode.